Well, you already know what it is. You know, we got to get the grades out, man. And what better person to bring on than John Costco, Pro Football Focus. We'll talk offense. We'll talk defense of the Cleveland Browns. We'll do that coming up on the next Locked On Browns podcast. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast for your team every day. Appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen every day, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform. Of course, now on YouTube, over 3,000 subscribers. The growth over the last, uh, I would say, 24 hours has been pretty good. And I think we have a reason why, as we are here to talk, player grades from the Browns' week one victory with PFF's John Costco. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, or LJ underscore Lloyd, part of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the Barbershop 92.3, the fan, Mr. Garrett Bush at G Bush 91. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fan made easy. And if they score more or less prize inspection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100 with the promo code, all caps, no space, locked on. Again, that's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. You guys know the drill. Um, this was always been one of the stronger episodes of Locked On Browns, so we were never going to deviate away from this uh, years ago. PFF, Locked On Brown, Locked On had a little handshake deal, but these episodes have always done so well, so it's great to have John Costco here, certainly now with the integration of um, Garrett Bush here into you know, the regular role here as we get regular season for the first time with a basically two-man room. Um, John, I want to get into it a little bit. Um, you know, ironically enough, if you break it down, the quarterback play yesterday, um, and a lot of us have said if Jacoby Brissett can just play well enough, he can probably match what Baker Mayfield played like in 2021. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield played like he did in 2021, which is not good. No labor. Um, he... He, yeah, there was no excuse now. There's no injury excuse for him to, to play as bad as he did. He was pretty awful. Um, and, but the thing is, Jacoby Brissett wasn't, wasn't really much better. Um, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, actually the, the Panthers had a better EPA per play. You know, that's kind of boosted by a, uh, you know, 75-yard touchdown uh, that Baker had that was on a busted coverage. Um, you know, but, you know, Jacoby Brissett was – he was largely inaccurate for most of the game. His uh, his grade when he was kept clean from pressure was a forty five point nine, which is terrible, obviously. And so, like you would think, now nah, maybe maybe the pressure was getting to him or something like that. He he was only pressured on you know thirty one percent of his dropbacks. He was not good there as well, which you you kind of expect for a lot of quarterbacks. Um, but you know, Percet was I don't know. If he seemed like he had like a nervous energy about him. Um, you know, it's not like he was holding on to the ball like exorbitantly long. Um, you know, he's 2.2 seconds time to throw when, when he was kept clean. Um, when he was under pressure, that's when he start, did start to hold on to the ball. Um, and then also when he was blitz, he held on to it a little bit too long as well. But I mean, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good performance from him, but luckily on the other side of the field, it was, it was equally bad, if not worse, um, for pretty much most of the game until the fourth quarter. So uh, obviously the Browns pulled it out in the end with a, you know, a 58 yarder, but, 
quarterback play in, in yesterday's game and a lot of games actually and on Sunday was really bad. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna throw that to you. Um I, I think I saw something where uh they had, somebody had a stat where Jacoby Brissett's QBR was I think it's 74 or something. But do you look at the names that were below him? Joe uh Joe Burrow had a horrible game. Lots of quarterbacks didn't look like they were throwing the football well. Um, uh, do you kind of put that on the simple fact that th- there's a lot of teams that just don't do preseason anymore and they're just working in the way out of it? Or do you think just some quarterbacks aren't good like Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett? <laughs> I, I I would say that yes, <laughs> you know I would say that uh, um, Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett aren't very good quarterbacks, and then you had some struggles, which happens in the NFL. And week one is a weird week, you know, like last year that Buffalo Bills lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then the Bills obviously had an, a monster season and almost you know are based on a lot of people's expectations should have made it to the Super Bowl based on what they did in the playoffs. So I don't don't really take much stock in what happens week one in the NFL. I mean, what else happened? I mean, the Steelers beat, again, beat the the Bengals yesterday. The Steelers have, you know, they have the the best pass rush in the NFL for a team. Like there's not, there's not even another team that comes close to them. Their blitz packages confuse every single quarterback. And so, like, also Burrow was was hurt all off all preseason with an appendectomy. So, how much did he really get to play? You didn't really, you know, you didn't see him at all in the preseason. Some quarterbacks do maybe need some reps to get kind of, uh, you know, refreshed. He did look better in the second half for sure. But, um, you know, I I, think, I don't know. It's just I, I take it by a case by case basis. Um, and in the game, you know, the Browns Panthers game yesterday, you had two not very good quarterbacks playing against each other. John, I want to jump into this. Um, and we had talked about this, Garrett and I, going into the week. As far as Jack Conklin, it, it kind of started to get like an eerie feeling the last year with Odell Beckham Jr. All the talk over the summer it was fantastic, ready to go. Da, 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 da. Then, as we started creeping into week one, all of a sudden, like some doubt came in. So, not even yes. So, yesterday, and obviously, it went crazy because there were points where, you know what, Jack Conklin is not going to play. Um, Chris Hubbard is not going to play. And I don't know if maybe people got a Hubbard Hudson confused. Because it was like, bang, bang, bang. And then the next thing you know, the Browns were starting their third string right tackle. Um, the last we had seen of James Hudson was a promising week 18 a- effort against the Bengals. Keeping in mind that the Bengals were not playing some of their upper echelon players that week, understandably so, as they had already had uh, their playoff fate set. Um, but, you know, Hudson, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Jed Wills, you know, uh, uh, Ethan Prosa in his first career start for the Browns. And I, and I did think the one – with Ethan, that was the best, was where he ran through the hole. Nick Chubb ran behind him. There was nobody block. There was nobody for Nick to avoid. And they were like 12 yards down the field. And Nick was like, look, bro, just light up. Man. You did all you could at this point. I'm going past you because we can't wait all day. The play was drawn up perfectly. Uh, but get into the offensive line, play a little bit. Uh, as the Browns, obviously, you know, went with two new starters that, you know, were a little bit you know different from as far as, you know, seeing these guys week in, week out. Yeah, I th- I think um, there was a pleasant surprise that you got at right tackle there with with James Hudson. Yeah, his his week eighteen last year was a ninety point oh grade, which sure it's against you know the Bengals not really trying to get a win there and resting up you know some starters and stuff, but getting a ninety point in a in an NFL game, I don't care who it's against, is not an easy task, and and he did it. Um, and then he followed that up this in this game um, with a seventy six uh, run blocking grade of an eighty point nine pass protection of 73.3 you know he gave up just one one pressure in this game uh, he looked really solid he was he was in control of, of his blocks 
Um, you know, he, I think he handled his business well. And then on the flip side of things though, I, I think we have a concern here with, with Jedrick Wills. You know, I, I, I think with offensive linemen, you know, you want to give them time to adjust to the NFL, you know, especially those guys where they, this, this, the difference in strength and speed from going from college to the NFL is just so much bigger, but Jedrick Wills is now it's his third year. There are no excuses for the, these injuries that he's, he's had maybe the first two seasons. Um, and he just did not look good. He had a 51.7 grade in this game. It was a 42.9 in run blocking. And, you know, and to be honest, like it's, you'd want to run when, if the Browns, you want to have a good and effective run game, they need him to be better and they need him to be better on the backside of like outside zone. So if they run outside zone away from him, like there's a very good chance that somebody's running down that play and making it. And you're hoping that Nick Chubb breaks that tackle. It happened multiple times in the game last uh, yesterday. Um, he's better when you run towards him at the point of attack. Um, but like, if he can't figure that stuff out, like he's, he doesn't finish plays. Um, he doesn't go to the whistle and then he has these mental lapses. And when he has a mental lapse, he like stops and it and it's a big issue. So um, I think, I think Ethan Pochick, he, he was, you know, had, it was up and down. Um, but the thing is like, I think we know who he is. He's a, he's going to be like a, a below average starter in this league. Um, and they honestly just need better at that position. So it's going to be a long season at that center position. They didn't really, they don't, the Panthers don't have much of, of a pass rush outside of, you know, Brian Burns. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, from the Browns offensive perspective, they had it kind of easy. Um, and you still had some, some warts there where, you know, Pochick was, a, was a 51, like I said, Will, Wills was a 51 as well. So you had some bright spots, obviously with James Hudson, I, but Tony didn't have a very good game. He was a 59. Um, I'm not going to be concerned about him unless it's like a, a ongoing thing. You know, he is over 30 years old, but you know, I think while Taylor was also the highest graded offensive player, uh, for them, it was initially Nick Chubb, but I think I think there's some review changes that happened late, and why Teller got an 86th grade. Let me let me throw this in. Is it really too quick to to call? Um, is it will? It's too quick to call Jedrick Wills a bust. I mean, he's a 10th overall pick, and there's multiple 50s here, like in the 40s and 50s. Or do you think you give him a little more time before you say the Browns kind of reached on that as a right tackle, moving him to left tackle, tackle and didn't really show left tackle skill set? Yeah, I mean, you 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 don't call him a bust after two years and one game. Um, I would say that you you do have to give him this year because players figure it like offensive linemen figure it out generally in the third year. If you start seeing the signs of like, all right, this guy's figuring it out in this year, you're you have hope for this the the future. I'm just saying right now it's looking dicey because it didn't look good yesterday. It it hasn't, and it was tough. Look, year one, and yes, there's a microwave going on in the background. Nobody disturbs Mrs. L and her after school cup of tea. So that's just the way that's going to be, folks. <laughs> um, but you know, look, year one, we tried to say, hey, look, you know, position switch, COVID, not a lot of time in the building. We all know what he went through last year. So is it a tad early to basically write him off here? I would say certainly it is. Um, but it's certainly something to monitor. And look, there always is this possibility with the Browns. We're pretty sure there's going to be an opening at right tackle for 2023. So we'll see the way that plays out because maybe the Browns could say, you know what, stop asking the kid to do something that he said wasn't comfortable to do right here. We'll just put him over the right side. Maybe things will go better over there. So something to monitor as far as that is concerned. Uh, we're going to go to the defensive side of the ball here. Um, and John dropped this one on me this morning, and I was just like, because – 
with Miles Garrett, there's days where you know Miles Garrett is just out there making things happen because it's, hey, I am just one of the world's greatest athletes, so I'm just going to take a shot here, take a shot there. It wasn't that case yesterday with Miles. Certainly seemed to play discipline within himself. We're going to get to all that. Your latest Lockdown Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, Pro Football Focus is John Costco. Prize picks. Best thing about prize picks, and there's several ways to do this, and I've told you guys before, me, I like a Monday night slate. I like a Thursday night slate, the Sunday night slate. You know, on Sunday, I'm not, you know, obviously I'm Brown's concerned. I'm not going to be up around five games to look for fantasy players. Um, So you get a chance to maybe take, you know, quarterback or both quarterbacks or who knows, you know, even you like wide receiver odds or the weather's crappy, so you're looking for guys to play under. This is what you can do with prize picks. You pick two to five players, and if they go and score more or less than the prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. It includes the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, of course, college football, women's sports as well. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It literally is that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational over in 30 states and Canada. PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com up and play daily fantasy sports. Again, first-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using the promo code, all caps, no space, locked on. Again, don't forget to add the promo code locked on as sign up for an instant deposit match of $100. Athletic Green. This episode is brought by our partner that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, look, mornings are slow. I got teenagers. We got to be up. We got to be at it. We got to be bright and early quick. So with AG1, put it in a bottle of water every day. It just gives you, you know, your brain starts functioning faster. Coffee at some point just isn't enough. Makes your body feel better. Makes you feel healthier, just ready to go. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and added adaptogens. This started the owner of Athletic Greens. Um, His medicine was costing him over $100 a day. So he set out a plan to try to find a way to make this work under his budget. He was able to do so. So for every purchase, they now donate and they help organizations helping kids to get nutritious food to kids in New York, including the No Kid Hungry group here in the United States. As a matter of fact, in 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in the United States. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to the Locked on Browns podcast. We got a full house today. We got John Costco, a pro football focus, joining us to give us the grades. Also, uh, as always, we have Jeff Lloyd of the uh, Locked on Browns podcast, my co-host. We are we got into a lot of stuff early on. We talked about the offensive line. The encouraging thing about the whole line is Nick Chubb still ran for 140-something odd yards. We don't know if it's more of Nick Chubb than the holes they was opening. But we'll take that 140 either way it goes. Now let's get to the defensive side of the football. Uh, it, it, when you just look at the game and, and and by the eye test, it looked like Miles Garrett just was dominating. It looked like he he got off the ball. He came off the bus ready to go. I thought from just a former defensive end, I thought he just continually showed that bend 
getting around, uh, getting around the tackle. I, you know, running the hoops. I thought he disrupted a couple of times. He had hits on Baker Mayfield. There's a couple of times I think he got his hands up and deflected a ball that he was trying to throw. Um, and then obviously the two sacks. There was a, I don't know if they gave him credit for the fumble one where he kind of just jumped on the pile, but um, didn't get credit for that one. But I, I think overall, I don't know the grade. I'm anxious to see it from um, from John. But I'll tell you what, I thought he had a really, really good game. And Jeff said it best. He kept his composure before he has a lot of penalties where he may go a little bit past the whistle, maybe a little emotional. I thought he just I thought he just kicked butt, did his thing and got back in the huddle and did it all over again. Your thoughts, John? He had he had pass rush grade of 94.5, which is the highest in the NFL this week. Woo! And his overall grade was a 94.4 which is also the highest grade of any player in the NFL this year, this week. So he was pretty good, I would say. Uh, he had six total pressures, three other wins that he beat the offensive lineman, and it would, the ball was just out too quickly, so he couldn't get a pressure on that. Had a pass rush win rate of 30%, and he made that rookie left tackle look like a rookie left tackle that needed to be playing guard, which is what I thought he should have been doing when he came out. Um, and what is that? Icky. I know his name is Icky. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And it really doesn't matter. He got he got spun around like a, a uh, turnstile by Miles Garrett. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was excellent, obviously. Um, he didn't get credited with the first sack. Well, a lot of people wanted him to have the third, you know, three sacks in the game. When a quarterback drops the ball like Baker Mayfield did in the pocket and it's it, they called it they call it an aborted play and it goes down as a run play. Uh, so nobody gets credit for a sack on on those types of plays. The only time that would happen is if he actually stood up to try to throw a pass and then got, got sacked. Um, so that's, I mean, Miles Garrett was like, he looked, I mean, he looked like Miles Garrett on a, just a, a maybe a little bit different of a level. Um, I think with, you know, you look at like Aaron Donald, who's then the best defensive player in the NFL basically for eight straight years now. Um, and one thing that always sticks out with Aaron Donald is how quickly he wins when he's pass rushing and this, how quickly like he makes an offensive lineman look like, like a high schooler. Miles Garrett was doing that yesterday. He was just, he was just doing that over and over again. So, you know, I think if, if miles can keep that up for the rest of the year. And I think one of the things that we've seen for miles for an entire season is that he, there's a period in time during the season, he slows down a little bit. If he can keep up what he did yesterday, that intensity and that types of quickness every single weekend, week out, I mean, it's going to be a, a a really fun season to watch him play because he was he was on another level yesterday. And look, Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line issues. Cincinnati we saw yesterday. They may still not have the answer that they're looking for. New York Jets will be starting their third string left tackle next week against Miles Garrett. So the opportunity for them uh, to continue to uh, stack good weeks together certainly there. I want to get to the defensive tackle position, and Gary and I talked about it. Yesterday wasn't going to be a game where you know everybody who feels the Browns are lacking at the defensive tackle position. That wasn't going to be a game yesterday where it showed up anyway. Christian McCaffrey has never been this between-the-tackles guy necessarily who's just going to go in there and pound you carry after carry after carry. But Jordan Elliott was some win yesterday. Um, for me, Tommy Togia has been a guy I want to see this year because I think there might be a chance there for some progression. Progression. He was active yesterday, John. A little bit about the guys on the interior um, because sometimes, you know, because there's not a name there, they get zero credit. But, you know, I think they kind of held their own yesterday. Yeah, they didn't get pushed around, um, which is kind of 
the encouraging sign is that they didn't they didn't look out of their element, which is kind of what we've seen from in the preseason. So if Togiai only only eight snaps, but he had a seventy one point seven grade. Um, you, you, you talk about Jordan Elliott; he was a sixty point two. But you're talking about sixty point two on forty one snaps, whereas like in preseason, those were down in like the thirties and forties. Um, I, I think Taven Bryan had a had a kind of a rough day. Um, it, part of that was, you know, he, he just, he did get pushed around a little bit in a run game. Um, and he didn't, you know, any, any pressure he was generating was a cleanup type pressure. So he wasn't, um, earning those types of wins. Um, but he was okay. I thought he was okay. I, I didn't think he was, I didn't think for, from just watching it, I didn't think he was 49 grade bad, but, um, he didn't have the production that you obviously would would want or whatever. That the penalty is going to bring that down. I, I think. I think other than that, though, I mean, I thought he he didn't get pushed around, and neither, none of the guys on on the defensive line did. Uh, I think Perry on Winfrey on one play did. Uh, oh yeah, he did. There's they ran a trap play, um, and he got fo- completely fooled by the trap, and he's gotten just dropped to the ground. <laughs> hey, so, hey, when, you, when you get upfield, big homie, as a D-lineman, and you upfield, and then nobody touch you, it's one of two things. It's a draw, or that trap is coming. You you might want to hunker down, because the ear hole shot is coming. <laughs> yeah, rookie got introduced to the NFL right there, that's for sure. So, he got he got ear holed right to the ground. But, I mean, for in general, though, the defensive line, I, I was I was I guess it's pleasantly surprised that they didn't just get completely get pushed around in that game. Yeah, no. And look, and I, I think for this defense, look, for the most part, uh, other than, you know, the you know one play to Robbie Anderson and, you know, Garrett and I have touched on this a million times, uh, you know, look, man, let's go cover three. Let's go cover four. Make Garrett. I mean, make Miles Garrett. I mean, make Baker Mayfield stream together four or five, six passes in a row. Cause that's something he hadn't done even close to at that point in time. Um, but we're going to switch it up here. We're going to get John's just, you know, of course, John, the Browns fan, you all see the gear. We're going to get some general thoughts from John yesterday on, uh, from yesterday's game. We're going to, you know, a little tiny bit on the Jets as the Statue of Liberty, Joe Flacco. I mean, Joe Flacco's coming to first energy next week. So uh, keep it here. Join Garrett Bush, Lockdown Browns, PFS, John Costco joining us for the ride. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is, a, has you conti- is your continued source. Uh-oh, that's grammatic error. For all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including the MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. I just want to give you a friendly reminder that every single game day, every single post game show you can find right here on Locked On Browns podcast, it will be live streamed here as well as the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. So if you have not done that, please go ahead and uh, subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Hit that like button, hit the notification bell, but also do that here. Definitely uh, like and hit the notification bell so you'll know every two minute warning. Every two-minute warning, we'll be starting the post-game. That show will consist of, of course, the Locked on Browns podcast, me and Jeff Lloyd, Adam the Bull of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, and Mike McNuggets of the producer of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. John Costco, I'll tell you what, we saw them finally use Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield. Your thoughts on that, my man, and, and was it creative enough for you? And, and what were your thoughts about how effective that was in the game? 
Yeah, I thought that was um, – I thought it was expected. You know, I, we've been – I mean, Browns fans have been calling this for forever, right, since Kareem Hunt has been on the team. And I think that was effective and it was utilized, you know, in, in a creative way. Obviously, you saw Kareem Hunt on the lead block on the third down that Nick Chubb was able to get the first down. Um, you know, I think you can't really key up on either one of those guys on who's going to get the ball when they're in the backfield. So, it, it you know, brings a different wrinkle of like – all right, how are we going to pick our poison from a defensive standpoint? When you have two backs out there, they're going to match with personnel. Usually, um, most teams will do that. So that, you know, it brings, if you're, especially if you have two backs and a tight end out there, you're going to get the, the defense in their base personnel. So you're going to have, you know, those two backs against their linebackers. I think you like that matchup, um, especially if you can split Kareem Hunt out wide. He had a, he had a, um, a go ball that Jacoby Brissett overthrew that if, you know, he just hits that. It's, you know, a big time game because Kareem Hunt can, can beat linebackers one-on-one out of wide. So I liked it. I thought it was, um, you know, I thought it was the package was good. You thought you saw some, a little bit, a few different wrinkles from Kevin Stefanski in this one um, because of it. So I, I thought it was good. It was a good game plan there. Play your five best players on offense as much as you can. That is one thing you learned about the Browns yesterday. Um on. We're going to flip it just a bit here. Obviously, slowly start to turn the page. Um, we said playing the Carolina Panther. You want to do this now. You want to play this team now. Baker is probably going to get more integrated into that offense, maybe find a rhythm somehow, some way. The Jets, I think it's the same kind of thing. Look, you talk about these players, these young receivers. They're good. They're going to make an impact in the league. But these guys spent their spring and summer working with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is not going to be here. Um, eventually, the Jets should get better at the left tackle position. So for the Browns, the confidence is riding high. And it's not such a confidence thing as it's, hey, can we do this without Deshaun Watson? And I think they kind of proved that a little bit yesterday. Um, now you get to go to first energy. You know, Jets are coming in stagnant. Um, you know, Browns defense, some of these guys should know Joe Flacco really well. The other thing is Joe Flacco doesn't have the 98-mile-an-hour 98 fastball that he used to. So the Browns are kind of trending in to another game here where this is the team you want to see him now. You might not want to see him four, five, six weeks down the road. Yeah, exactly. I think um, with Flacco back there, you kind of have a really predictable offense of what the Jets are going to be. He's not going to be mobile. You're not going to be rolling him out a whole bunch. And um, and if you get pressure on the guy, you know he's going to struggle. Uh, yesterday in the game, he when he was pressured on – uh, you know, about 35% of his dropbacks, he had a grade of 46. When he w- wasn't pressured, he actually was okay. Um, completed 80% of his clean pocket passes uh, with, a, with a 78 grade. So I think you you definitely need to to get pressure on a guy. And obviously the, the Browns can do that uh, pretty much, you know, better than most teams. So, um, you know, they're, I think the the Jets, I like the, the talent that they've built around, you know, that on that team. Their offensive line is not good still, though. Um, their highest graded offensive tackle, you know, was a offensive tackle at, at George Fant at 60.1. Uh, so like Lakin Tomlinson was, was bad. Um, Max Mitchell, who, who starting at the other tackle position was really bad at a 48. So I think they're, they're going to struggle offensively because their offensive line is not very good. And they have a quarterback that crumbles under pressure. Um, and no matter how, you know, talented Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and, you know, Brees Hall may be, if your quarterback can't be protected and he struggles when you get pressure, it's it's going to be a long day for that team. So yeah, the Browns are facing them at the right time. I think Zach Wilson brings a a higher ceiling of what you might get in there, but um, you know I think if if 
just, as long as you get pressure on Flacco, it's going to be a you know quick day at the office for the Browns. Hey, listen, uh, appreciate you, John, for coming on. Uh, we will talk to you. Well, I'll talk to you probably tomorrow. So you can check out the John. He'll be on the Barbershop Preview Show. We'll be talking about a little bit about the Jets and cross-marketing. For Jeff Lloyd, who had to jump out of here, we'll, we'll sign it off for him. I'm G. Bush. Make sure you check out, subscribe to the channel, as we did say before. Browns, make the Cleveland Browns, Locked On Browns, your first view every single day. Please go ahead and get those five-star reviews. Download us wherever you get your podcast, And make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. So for John, for Jeff, we'll talk to you later. And make